So you're listening to the Armstrong and Getty show through the podcast. But what you're doing is you're stealing from what you're oh, doing. Why, why do you? Is why, you're coming why, to my why, home, why, knocking food out why, of my kids' mouths. They, That's what you're doing. He's unstable, my friends. Don't listen to him. But this is the week we're raising money for Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. Instead of giving us money for the podcast, how about you give money to the Warrior Foundation Freedom Station? Oh, my gosh. The work they do, soldiers, sailors, Marines, uh, a lot of whom have been terribly injured some PTSD, some traumatic brain injury, and when they need it the most, when they could fall through the cracks and become a statistic or or their lives just fall apart, Warrior Foundation Freedom Station is there to save them. And it's all volunteer. Over 94% of the money goes directly to the guys. I mean, their overhead is tiny. We got a goal of 300000 this week. Go to armstrongandgetty.com to donate. armstrongandgetty.com. do a whole hour or a podcast or get some guests on or a panel or something about this whole Medi-Cal for illegals thing. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's just, wow, we're it, through the looking glass, people. It, it is an astounding example of an electorate losing sight of, of, of reality. How many people are in favor of this? Enough, apparently, or not enough against it. It is... To say it's unsustainable is like well, right. saying, Joe, if you buy a million dollars worth of golf clubs all every day, that's that's unsustainable. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be unsustainable really quickly. What do they see the end game as? Fairness. I guess universal health care for anybody that's inside the borders of the United States. No right. status necessary. Right, right exactly. It's going to get real crowded real fast. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, and perhaps that's what it will take. I'd be kind of interested if Tim has any comment on that at all. Well, speaking of common sense and uh, adulthood, please welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show, Tim Sandifer, Vice President for Litigation for the Goldwater Institute, uh, better known as Tim the Lawyer, longtime friend of the show, uh, and the author of Frederick Douglass, Self-Made Man, which is a great book. Uh, Tim, welcome. How are you? I'm just great. Thanks for having me back. Hey, before we move on to the, the topic we brought you on for... No, no, then we got another one, too. we got to talk about the vote harvesting, mm-hmm. Edgar Allan Poe, and we'll much to, more. We'll have to talk to you for an hour, but that whole Medi-Cal for illegal thing. you have any thoughts on that? Well, I just don't... I'm very old-fashioned in one respect, and that is I don't think government exists to pay people's bills. And I don't really care whether it's people who are here illegally or people who are here legally. I think that the government shouldn't be in the business of paying people's bills. So that pretty much answers that. All right. Fair enough. Uh, You know, it's it's been stated, and I have a feeling you'd have at least a little sympathy for this case, that you can have open borders. There are systems in which that would work okay, arguably. And you can have a welfare state, but you can't have both. Yeah, the two don't really mix very well. In fact, a free market benefits greatly by uh, large immigration because the more people you have, the more labor you have, the more specialized skills you develop, the, the wealthier people are, the better off they are generally. But when the government gets in the business of taking money from some people and giving it to other people, then government degenerates into a mad scramble for political authority because political authority becomes worth a lot of money. And right. so then you develop groups in the society who want to win the political game and exclude their opponents, and it degenerates from there. 
Right, as H.L. Mencken put it, that uh, elections are kind of an advanced auction on stolen goods. You just you get the right to hold onto the hose and spray the cash where you decided ought to go. <laughs> now, having said that, uh, Tim the lawyer, Tim Sandifer, successful in front of the Supreme Court. We we buried the lead, triumphant before the nine, and we will get to that in a moment. But we were talking about. Uh, vote harvesting, which as of 2016 is legal in California, where political pros can go door to door collecting ballots and delivering them to the polls, and God knows what else, uh, filling them out, compelling people to fill it out a certain way, throwing some in the trash, who knows. Uh, and, and you gave me uh, via text a really interesting little uh, tidbit from history about that. Can you share that with us? Yeah, so this is related actually to the to the question that Jack asked just a minute ago. So if the government is in the business of redistributing wealth and everything, then it becomes very much in your interest to get your side to win the political competition. So in the 19th century, you know, there were political organizations engaged in all sorts of different tactics to win the political competition at every election. And these are the origins of our of our legends of the intense political corruption of the political machines of cities like New York in the 19th century and stuff. And one of the tactics, now remember, they didn't even have secret ballots back then. I mean, you would go to the polling place and in front of everybody you would say who you voted for. Uh, and one of the techniques that was used was something called cooping, which is where you would go, you would send out a gang of your friends who would go round up a bunch of people and put the, lock them in a room and give them alcohol or something and then take them down to the polls and get them to vote for your guy. And then you might even take them to the one polling place and then another polling place and then another polling place all evening long to that get them to vote for like your guy. sounds like a good time. Hey, oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of a bar crawl with <laughs> voting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And one of the it, one of the probably the most famous uh, uh, such incident w- uh, of um, uh, of the tragic consequences of something of this was that the the writer Edgar Allan Poe is believed to have died as a result of this. He was probably rounded up by one of these cooping gangs in 1849 and given enough booze that he you know he was already an alcoholic, so he drank himself to death. Uh, as part of one of these, uh, what was the 19th century version of vote harvesting schemes. And what the progressives did in the early 20th century was to prohibit these kinds of election tactics by creating things like the secret ballot and the organized system where you go to the polling place and you vote. And and the reason why they did that was to cut down on that kind of corruption that's occurring. And here we are a century later with progressives pioneering new ways of watering down those protections and opening the door to the old-style political corruption of the 19th century. Interesting. Now, what's old is new. There's a shock. Principles are like clothes. Politicians put them on and take them off as it is useful to them. Oh, particularly in California. I mean, I, I never stop laughing at the fact that the, in the 19th century, California even wrote a brand-new constitution in order to protect the tax, pa- taxpayers from being robbed by railroads. And here you are in the hmm. 21st century, and taxpayers are being robbed to the tune of $77 billion plus by a railroad all over again. Talk and, about the old becoming the new. And a railroad not even uh, particularly uh, technologically advanced from the past one. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, so, uh, Tim, uh, why don't we move along then to your, on that cheery note, let's move along to the, your, uh, your recent victory before the Supreme Court. Tell us about it. Yeah, so this was a, a, a long time in coming, and we're you know it's, it really is the first stage of of what we hope is an ultimate total victory in this issue. This is a, a the issue about whether lawyers can be forced 
to support a state bar that goes around and engages in the same kind of political lobbying that public employee unions engage in. And you remember in the summer there was a big Supreme Court decision called Janus where the court said you can't force government employees to subsidize a union that goes and lobbies the government on and takes political positions and stuff because what you're doing is forcing people to pay you to go out and spread a political message that those people might not agree with. And lawyers face the same problem. It's just instead of a union, it's these state bar associations that require people to join them in a lot of states in order to practice law and then every year send you a bill and force you to pay them money that they then use to go and take political positions, lobby the government, and so forth. I don't think most people are familiar with bar associations uh, lobbying work and and which way they swing and what they do. That's right, and they really should be because lawyers exercise a disproportionate authority in our society. They're very influential with the government. Obviously, lawyers make up probably the majority of most state legislatures. Like just everybody in Congress is a lawyer. Everybody who speaks to Congress is a lawyer. So state and national bar associations have a tremendous influence with the government. And people, lawyers are forced in many states to subsidize them and to, to, to pay them money every year that they then use to go and lobby the government for their pet projects. Do they tend Our, to have a political bent or does it vary from region to region? It's almost always to the left, of course. The American Bar Association, the National American Bar Association, is notoriously left. It rates judges when they're nominated for uh, uh, judicial positions. And it has time and time again, it rates conservative judges as unqualified when they're perfectly qualified. California Supreme Court Justice Janice Brown, probably my favorite living judge, was rated as unqualified by the ABA because of her political views. Brett Kavanaugh was rated as unqualified. Right, because of his and political I, I remember views. during that battle there toward the end, uh, a lot of people on the cable news were saying, even the American, the non-political, non-partisan American Bar Association says Kavanaugh is not qualified to be a judge. It, it is for to laugh, because the ABA is about as political an organization as you can get. That's awesome. Wow. <laughs> the American Bar Association is as political as you can get. Tim Sandifer on the line. And Tim, I'm just hazarding a guess here, uh, as we've talked many, many times about the, the third Thirst for litigation and the terror of liability that, that, that reeks across the land, that the American Bar Association is foursquare against anything that would amount to tort reform. Oh, they, oh, very much so. These these bar associations tr- generally are opposed to any kind of limits on on uh, uh, tort liability and that sort of thing. Of course, because it's their bread and butter, and they take political positions on on social issues as well, on same sex marriage and issues like that. And our client Arnold Fleck, he's a lawyer in North Dakota. He was opposed to a, a ballot initiative, and it turned out that his state bar that he's forced to join in order to practice law spent money taking a political position that he disagreed with. So we went to court and we said it violates his First Amendment rights to force him to pay for political advertisements that he disagrees with. And we went up to the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals and we lost there. And that loss happened right before the Supreme Court announced its decision in the Janus case about, about government employee unions. And so what happened yesterday was the Supreme Court ordered the Eighth Circuit to reconsider its opinion in light of the decision in the Janus case. 
So that means that the court said that the Eighth Circuit was wrong to say that it was okay to force people to subsidize government, uh, these, these uh, bar associations. And we'll have another round of argument in the Eighth Circuit and possibly even go back to the Supreme Court on this case. But this is a, a real sign that the, the Janus decision means something, and not just for government employees, but for all people who are being forced by the government to subsidize political positions they disagree with. Fantastic. I love that. Good for you, Tim Sandifer, Vice President for Litigation for the Goldwater Institute. Hey, I don't think we ever got a chance to ask you this, and I don't know what you see the two poles of the Supreme Court being, whether it's liberal and conservative or progressive and uh, constitutionalist or whatever, whatever polls you want to use. How how much did the Supreme Court move with Kavanaugh uh, now being added to the mix, and what direction? It went, I would say that it went slightly more conservative. Kennedy was, you know, famous for being a swing vote, um, but he was pretty reliably conservative on most of the big hot button issues, particularly like abortion and so forth. So on that scale, it really doesn't change. But when it comes to things like same-sex marriage and those social issues, Kennedy would vote with what is considered to be the liberal wing of the court. And Kavanaugh, it seems to me, is unlikely to do that sort of thing. Now, it's hard really to say Kavanaugh isn't really the most outspoken judge there's ever been. I classify Unless you get a couple as, of beers in him. Huh. <laughs> I classified him as sort of a George Bush conservative. He's, he's, not, he's certainly not Justice Gorsuch. Justice Gorsuch is amazing. He's, he's on his way to becoming my favorite Supreme Court justice. Interesting. Um, and particularly because he disagrees with Justice Thomas on some important issues where libertarians and conservatives kind of clash. And Thomas tends to go the more conservative route, and at least so far, Gorsuch goes in the more libertarian route. But, you know, this court, these judges, all of them, are really top-notch. I mean, even the liberal judges, uh, like Justice Kagan, she's probably the most intelligent and articulate of the liberal wing of the judges, and she scares the heck out of me, because having her against you is, is, is risky. She's so smart. So this is a very smart court, and I think that uh, I, I look forward to arguing this case in, again in front of them if, ne- if need to be. What, do, I don't know if you can answer this honestly, but if you've got a case that's headed toward the Supreme Court, would you rather it gets settled before you even get there on your side, or would you rather get to battle it in front of them? <laughs> There's actually articles in the law reviews about the ethical dilemma of lawyers who really want their shot at glory, sure. but it might not be best for the client. So <laughs> the right answer is that I would, of course, do what's best for the client, but gosh, I hope it's best for the client for me to go up there and have my chance. <laughs> I, get, I get that, and that can be an honest answer. That I, it, The most important thing is I want to win this. Yeah, the I'd right rather win country. it at the circuit level, but if I don't, eh, it's fine, too. <laughs> And this and this case the, the, from yesterday, you know, this is what they call a GVR, a grant vacate and reverse. And so it's a it's a kind of a, a decision where you don't get to make the argument in front of the justices. And what the court is saying is they're saying, look, we we think the court below got it wrong, but we we want to give them a second shot before we hear the case. So that's what yesterday was. It counts as a victory, but it's not the sort of full throated victory that every lawyer looks forward to. And and I'm you know it's still possible that we'll be going back to the Supreme Court on this case. You know, my friend John, the constitutional lawyer, uh, and I were talking about how you'd been, I can't remember the proper term, but you'd been put off week after week after week as to whether they were going to hear your case. And he said he had a client that was something like six months straight, week after week, waiting to find out if they'd take it and and they wouldn't tell you. That's got to be a little crazy. Oh, it was very aggravating. Uh, they relisted us six times in a row, and you'd, every Monday morning you're up at six in the morning hitting the refresh button on SCOTUS blog, and 
yeah, it's, uh, but, you know, to have this outcome is really, is really welcome. And really, this is an important issue, even if you're not a lawyer. I know that people are probably kind of rolling their eyes, well, who cares about the First Amendment rights of lawyers? Well, other than the, what, million or so lawyers that there are in California, um, there's also the, the, this influence that lawyers have in the country that's being warped and twisted by this phenomenon where, where lawyers are being forced to pay for political campaigns that they don't join. And, so, and, and then that has disproportionate influence with the government. If lawyers were really fully free to express their opinions about politics and law and stuff, you might have a very different outcome than what we have nowadays. I like the sound of that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really interesting. So, uh, what do you have uh, coming down the line? What's brewing? What's next? Do you well, know. So, and this this kind of ties in all of these things that we've been talking about in some ways. So, uh, there's another case that we've been working on in in the Tucson area in Pima County, Arizona, where the county decided that it would be good for the public to spend 15 million dollars of taxpayer money to build a balloon launch facility for a business that's supposed to send tourists on rides to the stratosphere and specially modified weather balloon. Mm. You know, oh, I yes. was just this in is... Tucson. I played golf. I didn't yeah, go you, to you the stratosphere. Ride, you know, I, I know for a fact you didn't ride to the stratosphere in a $75,000 per ticket ride to the stratosphere. Sure. Be- because this company has not successfully launched anybody in any weather balloons. In fact, they launched a balloon about a year ago, and it blew up on takeoff. Fortunately, nobody was hurt. But this is all being done on the taxpayer dime. And Arizona has a provision in its constitution forbidding the government from giving taxpayer money to private businesses. It's, uh, corporate welfare is actually illegal in almost every state. Even California has this provision in its constitution, although it's largely ignored. In Arizona, it actually has some influence, and so we've sued the county on this issue. And among other things, we've uncovered some really remarkable things about how the county went about hiring people for this project. Secret backroom meetings for six months to hire the contractor and the architect, and then then spring it on the taxpayer and force them to pay to, to foot the bill for what is essentially just a private subsidy to or a public subsidy to a private company to run its own business. And, you know, people forget a lot of the time that state constitutions are there to protect us even when the federal constitution doesn't. One of our jobs at the Goldwater Institute is to try and put real force into these state constitutional protections that often get overlooked because everybody pays attention to Washington, D.C. Wow, and if there's no one there to push it, they are merely words on pages. Tim, the lawyer, Sandifer, uh, vice president for litigation at the Goldwater Institute. Tim, always fabulous. Great to talk to you. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Have a good Christmas. Keep fighting a good fight. Thank you. You too. So how do I use that? I want to start using this now. It is for to laugh. It is for to laugh. <laughs> That's beautiful. That is hilarious. we got to do an update on Warrior Foundation Freedom Station, so jump on to make the update higher at armstrongandgetty.com. Donate armstrongandgetty.com. Send Come those up. warriors home for the holidays. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of nation. Of the nation. Strong and Getty Show. We have exciting news about 
Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. We're raising, going to try to raise $300,000 this week. We're going to do an update here in a second. But they are now, it's been announced, a four-star rated charity on CharityNavigator.org. Now, the only reason they weren't four stars before is they didn't meet some requirement as a big enough organization or something like that. Right. Yeah, but, they just weren't big enough. But now they've crossed that threshold, and they are a four-star rated charity by CharityNavigator.org. I, I assume you trusted us anyway in the fact that they used 94 cents of the dollar and everybody's volunteering and all that sort of stuff. They are a great, great charity. Oh, yeah. And one of the big pushes right now is to get our wounded warriors, uh, folks who are healing, they're rehabbing, they're getting surgery after surgery. we got to get them home for the holidays to be with their families. So go to armstrongandgetty.com and generate or I'm uh, donate as, as generously as you can, armstrongandgetty.com. Okay, we'll do an update when we come back then after you guys donate. Um, what's coming up in your news, Marshall? I have hilarious breaking news, but what's coming up in your news? This, this is just coming in. NATO has just found Russia has cheated on the nuclear deal with the U.S. This no is way. really shaking things up. Okay. Trump is meeting with the Bushes right now, and space aliens may have already walked among us, so says a NASA scientist. Oh, oh I've got hilarious breaking news. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't know what order to do this in. How about we start with this breaking news? Michael Avenatti has announced he's not running for president in 2020. What? <laughs> what? But I contributed to this campaign. Oh, that's hilarious. There for a cup of coffee. He had the momentum, and I could see how he thought, you know what? I am the darling of this side of the world. I'm the progressive Donald Trump. Yeah. So I'm willing to get in there and fight. Now he's a broke scumbag being accused of things. That's right. Um, we need to do a Warrior Foundation Freedom Station update. I think we should do that. See where we are as of right now. Thank you, Gladys. We are at $85,768. Wow, fantastic. We walked in the door today with about fifty-five, so that's thirty grand. Yeah, really, really good progress. People yeah. are coming through. You know, it's just beneath the uh, the sea level today, fellas. Ah, oh, dang it. Timing. Whales. Whales. Now, all the smaller contributions are what we're really counting on, and those are really, really appreciated. But if you are a whale, and can give generously, and make weird noises under the sea, apparently, uh, give as much as you can. Country's been good to you. Let's send these warriors home for the holidays. Fantastic. Yep. Uh, news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, it's just coming out this hour. NATO allies say they have concluded Did we say go to armstrongandgetty.com to donate? No, we didn't. Go to armstrongandgetty.com to donate. What Marshall, kind back of to you. fundraiser doesn't tell you how to give the money? I know. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a inexcusable. Marshall? NATO allies say they have concluded Russia is in violation of that landmark Cold Warrior nuclear treaty, paving the way for the U.S. to leave the deal unless Moscow complies with it. Doesn't well, that what knock Trump... me down with an ICBM. Isn't hmm? that what Trump said a while back and everybody yep. called him a liar for saying that? Yep. Foreign ministers from NATO member countries said in their statement they strongly support the finding of the United States that Russia is in material breach of its obligations under the 1987 Nuclear Forces Treaty. So Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is saying that after this decision, the United States would now suspend its treaty obligation in 60 days over the alleged violations. And yes, this is something that President Trump had threatened to do. He said, we're going to pull out. You're in violation. Now the NATO allies are saying we agree. They well, are. Well, we've been swinging back toward the Cold War little by little for quite a while now, haven't we? To the delight of Vlad Putin. True. 
darkest moment in history, the 20th century, was when the Soviet Union fell, according to Vlad. Americans continue paying their respects to former President George H.W. Bush. The public viewing in the rotunda is going to continue until tomorrow when services will be held at the National Cathedral. And every living ex-U.S. president will be in attendance. And word is that Prince Charles will also be on hand to represent Queen Elizabeth. Hello! Meanwhile, President Trump says he's looking forward to visiting with members of the Bush family this morning. Trump tweeting the former First Lady will be coming over to the White House this morning to be given a tour of the Christmas decorations by Melania. The elegance and precision of the last two days have been remarkable. End of tweet. So uh, Donald will get the chance to say hey to low energy Jeb. and Oh, boy. And uh, lock her up Hillary tomorrow there. <laughs> Former FBI Director James Comey expected now to testify before House Republicans. That's going to happen on Friday. Republicans expected to ask him questions about his role in the Clinton email investigation and the Russia investigation. And as you might remember, Comey originally said no, he would not testify behind closed doors. Comey says a lot of things. Well, now, now he will. Stop him. Now he will. But as part of the agreement, a transcript of the proceedings will be made public within 24 hours. Comey will also be free to come out to talk to the public about the testimony after it is wrapped up. Mm, all right. So there you go. He got his guarantees. Urban Meyer will be retiring after coaching the Ohio State Buckeyes in the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day. He'd been suspended, you'll recall, for the first three games of this season after investigations looked into his handling of claims of domestic violence made against a former assistant coach. He apparently has now been battling with health issues as a cyst in his brain has grown in the last couple of years, causing regular headaches. So he will be stepping down after the Rose Bowl. And looking up, looking out, a NASA scientist says aliens might have visited Earth. Silvano Columbaro says alien visitors could have gone undetected because intelligent life from another world might not be produced by carbon-based organisms like us. He says extraterrestrials that aren't carbon-based might not be limited by typical human lifespans. I could have told you all these things when I was eight years old. Well, why didn't you? Why is this news? (laughs) It captures the imagination. Aliens could have visited us a gazillion years ago and there'd be no way to know. Yeah, yeah, kind of. I've always assumed that. Colin Barrows, a scientist at the NASA Ames Research Center in Silicon Valley. He's the one who's coming okay, up well with I will, these. Uh, I will adjust my day accordingly. <laughs> they could have been silicon-based worms, a tenth of an inch long, invisible to the naked eye, etc. With a lifespan of a millennium. Exactly. Yes. Or more. Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy is welcoming his tenth child into the world. Whoa. <laughs> Max Charles Murphy was born on Friday to the comedian and his fiancée, She's an Australian model named Paige Butcher. The middle name uh, for Eddie's new uh, child is in honor of his older brother, Charlie Murphy, who died of leukemia last year. It is uh, Murphy's second child with Butcher. Ten kids. Eddie Murphy. I I get how when you're younger and you're a big movie star, rock star, whatever you are, you know, you have a couple of wives and a couple of kids. I get how that happens. How do you keep doing it when you're like 60? Having kids with 25-year-old models, I just... That, that, that I don't quite get. I get part of action. Huh? I get part of it. I get the I get the dating the model part of right. thing if that's the lifestyle you want. Right. But why you're continuing to have kids? Because she says, "Listen, I'll hang with you. I'll be your wife. I'll be your gal. I'll be your arm candy. I'll be really nice to you. You give me a couple of kids and support those kids." 
and uh, and everybody wins. And you think I'll have kids that I'm not going to raise? I couldn't do that. I just not interested. That's you can find a model that doesn't demand kids, couldn't you? I don't Mick know. Or Eddie You're asking me? I don't know. That's true. I don't news. know the first thing about this. <laughs> I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Time to ring the bell. <laughs> like the total amount of time he spent with number eight, for instance. I wonder. I don't know. Well, none of my business. No, it's not. Or is it? Or is it? <laughs> Social pressure on fatherhood. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. Oh, man, that reminds me. There's a, a new study out about academic success and intact families. The results are just utterly un- indeb- undisputable, undebatable. Oh, yeah. Doesn't surprise me. I'd like to hear it. Again, yeah. Um, but it's getting no coverage because it's a little uncomfortable. <laughs> Um, Throws zillions of dollars at something without addressing the cause. Big employer in San Francisco moving its headquarters from San Francisco, California to Texas. A few of the details on that coming up, among other things, during the petering out on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Christmas that it will block pornography on its in-store Wi-Fi in 2019, but bad news for them, all I need is that mermaid lady. Which I'd never even noticed. I'd never even... I, and I'm a Starbucks premium club member or oh, something. Oh, good for you. Join her. Um, I'd never even noticed there's a mermaid on the cup until that joke. Oh. I had to ask Sean, what's that joke She's mean? She's topless. She is. Flaunting them. There's a mermaid on the cup. Oh, she's got like a shell thing on, doesn't oh, she? Oh, it doesn't hide much. I'm there for the coffee. Uh, so, uh, stories we won't be covering include Madonna goes after Lady Gaga and latest Instagram in a, uh, a plea to be to remain relevant so desperate. The word desperate doesn't even just is not even good enough. It is for to laugh. It is for to Very laugh. good. Thank you. Nice. Learned that from Tim the Lawyer. Um, McKesson Corporation got employees in San Francisco. They're moving their headquarters to, guess where, Las Colinas, Texas. Couldn't have told you the town, but Texas is a common place, for some reason, for uh, California companies to end up. Oh, yeah. Friend of a friend did the same thing, and he gloats about it virtually every day. Yeah. So you're leaving the least uh, business-friendly most expensive to live for you and your employees area of the country, and going to one of the most the most business friendly areas where it's much cheaper. Why to would you do that? Yeah, well, shocker, shocking surprise. Correlation, causation—it's tough to tell. It is. Well, <laughs> you know, on a similar note, and of course, luckily, uh, this won't have to be paid for. California lawmakers are growing more and more friendly to the idea of free preschool for everyone in the state. Which is um, subsidizing uh, child care, really. Yeah, whether you be a taxpaying citizen or someone who snuck in by the hundreds of thousands or millions, um, yes. As indeed. a childless 30-something, public schooling only starts at kindergarten now? That's the current? Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 
Although I did find out it's not re- kindergarten is not required for some reason. So it starts, but it's not required. It's uh, yeah, you got to show up for first grade. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, yeah, we don't really have time to get into uh, the, the the whole um, the education thing, and and they're calling it what's it called the zip code disease or something like that. Certain neighborhoods and parts of certain cities and states have just miserable academic performance, no matter how much money you pour into it, and and they keep trying to attack this cause or that cause or teachers or whatever, and it, it turns out it, it has everything to do with uh, families. Shocking. In fact, families and the the um, how education is valued in the home. Also shocking. Uh, it's not shocking. It's not even mildly surprising. I think um, a lot of people have been saying that on AM Talk Radio for many, many years. Jack, I've said many times there are two kinds of people in the world. I remember one day you stopped me and said, yeah, those who tend to group people and those who don't. <laughs> but obviously, I'm in, the, I'm in the former group. There are two kinds of people. Some people not only can deal with uncomfortable truth, they like it because they realize, oh, wow, that's a drag, but we need to understand that if we're going to get to the bottom of it. And some people who are made so uncomfortable by uncomfortable truth, they use phrases like, well, you can't blame the victim, or they don't listen to it, or they quash it. They try to silence it because they just think, well, that would, that, it's true, but it would do more damage, really, than good to talk about it. And they think they can work around uncomfortable truth to get to solutions. I think they're wrong. I think I, they're absolutely wrong. I heard LeBron James saying the other day, talking about how, um, because he just opened a school and a whole bunch of scholarships and stuff like that, I think back in Ohio. And he's talking about, it wasn't surprising to me when I missed school. It was surprising to me when I went to school. Like, if, if my mom woke me up and said, you're going to school today, I was like, what? Wow. Why? Wow. Imagine trying to, to succeed in that environment, which, you know, for most of us is just, you can't even hardly wrap your head around it. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get into that story a little more heavily uh, t- on tomorrow's Armstrong and Getty show, barring some, you know, crazy news development. Do we have time to do a final update, Michael? Gladys, hit the drums for Warrior Foundation Freedom Station, a four-star rated charity navigator charity. Where are we at? $87,138. Oh, man, look at that. It's a $25 donation from Crazy Bruce on the tote board. Crazy Bruce, a, a, a long time ago, long time ago, regular caller. Uh, people using, because when you post, you can use a fake name if you want, a funny name. That can't be the real Crazy Bruce. The real Crazy Bruce has got to be dead by now. Oh, or he's the Sultan of Brunei. <laughs> I don't know. He, he used <laughs> to call a fascinating us, guy. He used to call us like 20 years ago. Yeah, he would ramble on, and you would finally cut him off with this buzzer. The Crazy Bruce buzzer. And he, was, right. he was barely slipping by not dying back then. Yeah, yeah. But look at uh, look at all those uh, $25 donations, That's $50, do $10. But then, you know, you got a $1,000 donation for somebody who's obviously doing pretty well and can afford that. And so it's beautiful. I, lo- I, lo- I love to see that, people giving what they can. Yeah, if you've disproportionately extracted from Don't the nation's wealth. Don't ever use that phrase again, or I will attack you <laughs> with a knife. Oh, is this on the air? Sorry. I'm sorry. As Jerry Brown would put it, then you give more. Oh, my God. But Jerry if, Brown. If everybody gave $10, we'd get to our goal of 300000 no doubt about it. Yep. And this is helping our warriors when they need it the most. All-volunteer organization. Incredibly efficient. It's just it's one of the great uh, great charities you could conceivably donate to. You can do that at armstrongandgetty.com. And now it's time for Final Thoughts with those two hotties, Armstrong and Getty. 
And the other guys, too. Here's our host, Joe Getty. Yeah, let's get a final thought from everybody. Positive Sean, what are you thinking? Yeah, just posted a video that is arguably the most relatable thing I've ever seen. It is a uh, inter- interaction between two gentlemen on the street. Not a word is exchanged, but many middle fingers are thrown you about. you got to see this video. It's hilarious. They oh, really? Get, they get in a like stare down with flipping each other off that goes on a ridiculously long time. <laughs> All right. Marshall Phillips, your final thought. I just wanted to point out one great way to honor somebody you know who served. Donate to Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. I donated in honor of my late dad, Ed Phillips, an Army major during World War II. Salute to all of you. Fantastic. Michelangelo, final thought. Yeah, instead of getting plastic surgery, how about you learn to love yourself instead and take that money and donate it to the Warrior Foundation at armstrongandgetty.com. Wow, I love that. That's powerful stuff. Jack, do you have a final thought for us? So we went and cut down the Christmas tree yesterday. Today we're going to be decorating it. I'll tell you what, that sort of stuff with little kids, it does not get any better than that on the list of things to do in your life. Final note for me, what a great conversation with Tim Sandifer from the Goldwater Foundation. So many interesting topics. Casey won before the Supreme Court. Uh, The fact that Edgar Allan Poe drank himself to death on some sort of binge-drinking voting fest back in the days of yore. Would he drink and vote again? Quoth the raven, nevermore. Mm. Hey, we cannot uh, undersell, oversell. We can't oversell these two guys flipping each other off in the street it's as, only a, like, as a video. It's only like 30 seconds long. It'll be the best 30 seconds you have all day. <laughs> wow. It's pretty, pretty entertaining. It, it doesn't sound that entertaining. <laughs> it's pretty, just, you just, well, you have to watch it. All right. If it makes you LOL, you have to donate. This is the deal. That's how I'm luring people in. Yes. YRR at armstrongandgetty.com. Yes. You'll see the banner to donate to Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. You throw them 10, 20, 100 bucks, whatever. We're on our way to 300,000 this week, we hope. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people think so little time. It's not Wounded Warrior Project. That's a different, it's got a similar name, but this is Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. It's an incredible, incredible charity. Uh, go to armstrongandgetty.com for those reasons. You can also email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. See something we ought to be talking about? Send it along. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity. And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. They just put the whiskey in a bottle and put the bottle in front of CNN. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.